Welcome to Passing Judgment, a podcast about politics and the law and a lot of things in between. I'm your host, Loyola Law School professor Jessica Levinson, and I'm joined by the show's co-host and producer, Joe Armstrong. And wow, what a day. We certainly did not plan on doing another episode in an already packed week. We have a special episode on what's going to happen on Wednesday, January 6th, when Congress counts the Electoral College votes, and at least one episode coming on the Georgia runoff election. But here we are because President Trump has pressured the Georgia Secretary of State, a Republican, into finding thousands of more votes for Trump. Joe, will you catch us up on the phone call heard around the world? Yes, I would love to, Jessica. In four years of doozies, Jessica, this one is a doozy unto itself. According to the Washington Post, who first broke the story on Sunday, sometime Saturday, Donald Trump called Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. He's a Republican, as you said. And he spent just over an hour trying to convince him to overturn the results of the election in Georgia in favor of Trump. Now, there were other members of Trump's advisors and legal team on the call, including White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, as well as Raffensperger's general counsel, a man named Ryan Germany. Now, over the course of this call, Trump vacillated between threatening, flattering, guilting, and nearly at times begging Raffensperger, repeatedly asserting that he had won the state of Georgia when that is simply untrue. Now, Trump did most of the talking on this phone call, but to his credit, Raffensperger pushed back, saying at one point, quote, Well, Mr. President, the challenge that you have is the data you have is wrong. That's quite a quote there, right, Jessica? Now, the Post first shared excerpts of the audio from this conversation and later posted the entire conversation as well as a transcript. So if it's out there, if any of you astute listeners would like to listen and read for yourself and see how the whole thing went down. So, Jessica, setting aside the unorthodox nature of such a call, my question to you is, is any of this legal? Oh, I absolutely do not think so. And listeners know I'm typically equivocal. I'll say, well, on the one hand, on the other hand, you train lawyers to be equivocal. So I think there are both federal and state violations here. Let's start with the first federal law at issue. I'm sorry for the code section, but here we go. 52 USC 20511, criminal penalties. It is a crime if, and I'm going to read it to you, a person including an election official who in any election for federal office, we're in an election for federal office, folks, the president is a federal office, knowingly and willfully deprives, defrauds, or attempts to deprive or defraud the residents of a state of a fair and impartially conducted election process by, wait for it, the procurement, casting, or tabulation of ballots that are known by the person to be materially false, fictitious, or fraudulent under the laws of the state in which the election is held. Now, Jessica, that's fairly damning. Does Trump have any defense? Is there any wiggle room here? He does. And the defense is so astonishing to say this of the president of the United States. But the defense may be that he is so detached from reality. The defense may be that he truly believes these lies and therefore he was not able to form the requisite criminal intent, that he was not able to satisfy those words knowingly and willfully that he is not able to say that these are known by the person to be materially false, fictitious, or fraudulent. In other words, again, if he really believes these lies, if he is peddling in these conspiracy theories, 
under the understanding that there is some there there, then that might be his escape hatch. It truly is stunning to think that the president of the United States not only is engaging in behavior that would make a mafia boss blush, but that his get-out-of-jail-free card may be that he is so removed from what is actually happening that he didn't think he was peddling lies, that he didn't think that these were falsehoods. Oh, boy. So the concept there is that he's too inept to break the law. Now, as a Texas state trooper once said to a friend of mine after he pulled him over in some rural county, ignorance of the law is no excuse. (laughs) So now, Jessica, is that the only federal statute at issue here? That was amazing, Joe. Um, And let me say, that is actually a common thing that people say. Well, ignorance of the law is no excuse. This is a law where they put in the requisite intent called mens rea. They say you have to knowingly and willfully understand what you're doing. So in this case, ignorance of at least the circumstances may be a defense. But you asked me about another statute. There is another statute at issue here. It essentially deals with conspiracy against rights. And this is because, as you said, Mark Meadows, the chief of staff, was on the call at the time. And this would make it a federal crime for two or more people to injure, oppress, threaten, or intimidate any other person in the state in the free exercise or enjoyment of any right or privilege secured to him by the Constitution or by other federal laws, which is another way of saying the President of the United States and the Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows, could have engaged in a conspiracy to injure the Secretary of State, again, the Republican Secretary of State from Georgia. Even as we're having this conversation, I cannot believe that I'm using these words, but I've listened to the recording, and I do believe that these two federal laws are applicable here. No, I listened to these uh, recordings as well. I just uh, opened admission. I'd listened to the excerpts of this call. I'd, I don't think I could make it through an hour-long phone call like that. It's a little much for me to listen to that man talk that much. So, Jessica, are there any other laws that Trump may have broken in this call? I mean, it seems like he's kind of ticking off all the boxes here. Yes, there are potential state violations in Georgia. There's a Georgia statute that says criminal solicitation to commit election fraud is a crime. And I won't read everyone the entire criminal statute here for Georgia, but what I will say is think about the pardon power and self-pardons. We're going to do a separate episode on whether or not the president of the United States can pardon himself. But remember that even if he can, pardons only extend to federal crimes, not to state crimes. So even if the president of the United States on his way out the door pardons himself, which if you'd asked me this morning, I would have said, I don't think he's going to do it. Now, given this phone call, I'm absolutely on the fence about this. It still does not mean he has any power over the Georgia violations. That's the governor of Georgia who would be the only person who could pardon the president for those potential violations. Yes, a lot can happen in 17 days, Jessica, which is the number of days we have left between now when we're talking and the inauguration of Joe Biden, who won the election, a free and fair election, I might add. Now, Jessica, I've said this before, and please forgive me for repeating myself, but the only thing that surprises me about this administration is that I am still surprised by anything this administration does. I have a hard time imagining any elected official at this level making this kind of call, and it prompts me to wonder if Trump made calls to secretaries of state in other battleground states for which the tapes were not leaked and the Washington Post did not then share with everyone. After all, simply flipping Georgia would not hand the number of electoral votes to Trump necessary for him to win. 
which then leads me to wonder whether or not this whole charade is just another attempt by Trump to muddy the waters by casting doubt on that free and fair election, an election that he lost by all accounts because he doesn't like the outcome. Jessica, I am stunned by this phone call. I am stunned by what we have learned since this morning. And uh, to his credit, Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State of Georgia, proud of that man, a Republican, for doing the right thing and pushing back on the president's assertions in this case. Donald Trump is quite literally undermining the democratic process here. It is a very dangerous game that he's playing. And I would say the same thing about anyone who made such a phone call from anybody's political party. And it's just, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm simply stunned, but perhaps I shouldn't be, Jessica. Now, any, any parting thoughts from you on this? Yes, I focused on the law so far. And I was quoted by a Reuters reporter saying, the president is openly spitting on federal law. Prosecutors have gone to trial with less. And I believe that But let's not make the criminality of this the only story here. Let's remember a president of the United States acting in a way that is so immoral, that's so unethical, that's so beyond the bounds of decency, that we're talking about criminal violations. Merely committing the crime is kind of the center of concentric circles of problems here. And we have become so almost accustomed and we have come so perilously close to subverting our democracy, to really exploding this grand experiment in self-government. And I really wonder what is going to happen on Wednesday when our elected representatives have a decision about following the law or creating baseless objections to the election. I wonder if this is the moment that Republicans abandon Trump and say enough. I think I know the answer to that question. I think it's a disappointing answer. I know that's going to sound like a partisan statement again, but it's not. But we will see. So we want to thank the listeners for staying with us. When we woke up this morning, we certainly did not expect to tape this episode. We did not expect that we were going to hear this phone call. But here we are, and we're grateful to the listeners to being along for this ride. We're very lucky to be able to share and to be able to hopefully educate you on these issues. You can find Passing Judgment on Twitter at PassJudgmentPod, Joe on Twitter at Day, me on Twitter at Jessica. Please do tweet me with any comments, questions that you have about the show, about the law or politics. And if you haven't already, please do subscribe, rate, and review. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>